Hi, I'm Casey. And I'm Andrea. And you're listening to our podcast, That's Not What Andrea Told Me. We're two sisters separated by age and geography, but united in our love of talking to each other. Thanks for listening. All right, all right. Welcome to episode five of That's Not What Andrea Told Me. Today, we have our first topic requested by a listener. We are so excited. Today's topic comes from our Aunt Sandy, and it is, drumroll please, which probably would be annoying on a podcast, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) technology and its impact on children's teeth. So for those of you who think we might have lost our minds, there is a scene in White Christmas where Danny Danny Kay says, I read an interesting article about citrus fruit and its effects on children's teeth. And we have found a way to work that into conversation, really, when it doesn't even apply. I would like say, today. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's really one of our strengths. That's right. Uh, really, what we want to talk about is technology and its general impact on children, not simply their teeth. So we do feel the need today to disclaim that neither of us are experts in the emotional, psychological, or otherwise (laughs) impacts of technology. We are not children psychologists. (laughs) We are just two people with a lot of opinions. We're also not pediatric dentists. (laughs) That is true. We could know about the effects on children's teeth. (laughs) Technology, those iPads could be rotting your children's teeth out and Mm -hmm. you would have heard it here first. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we're in kind of an interesting position, right? Because I forget, are you a millennial? I think so. Okay. I am. I'm on that early end because I was born in March of 83 and I think it starts at the beginning of 82 or something. And I think it goes through the 90s, maybe the mid 90s. I always forget exactly how this works. Well, then yes. <laughs> Were you born in 2000 or 2000? Yes. I'm very are, young. Are you my daughter? <laughs> For those of you who haven't spent a lot of time with us lately, I keep getting asked if I'm Casey's mother and it hurts my heart to its very, very core. But anyways, yeah, so we're, we're in kind of a funny boat, I feel like, because even people in our same age cohort grew up interfacing with technology in a very, very different way than we did. I don't think we had cable in our home until I was in middle school. You were in elementary school, probably, right? Yeah. We were living out in Sugarland. I got my first cell phone, I think when I started driving, 16 or 17. And it was a Nokia, you know, yeah, your first phone wasn't even an iPhone, right? Oh no, I had, I also had Nokia's. I do remember when texting started to, be, to become a thing and I just couldn't even believe, but remember there were charges and there were certain times that mm-hmm. you could te- like nights and weekends where you could unlimited text. Yep. I do remember that. Cause I remember sitting in class one time and texts going off on my phone being like, oh man, we're going to get charged for this. Cause it's like 2 PM on Wednesday or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that those were conversations you would have with your friends, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't text me, you have to call me or whatever. And then I know I had my own phone line starting in the seventh grade through when I graduated. Did you keep it? No. Okay. We got rid of it. So yeah. So that was how we rolled. We had a computer when we lived in Sugarland, but right. I don't remember it having like anything on it. I remember playing, I think solitaire. Yeah. And maybe like mine sweeper. 
Uh, we certainly didn't each have our own computer, right? We had family mm-hmm. computers. And then you got a, re- you got a computer for school in high school. Uh, yeah, I had a desktop in my room. I do remember that. And then I got a laptop to go to college, but my God, it was huge. That thing must've weighed 20 pounds. And so it wasn't the kind of thing that you toted with you, you know, and here's something some of our listeners may not remember, but all through my college career, which, you know, through 2004, I would type up papers either on my laptop or in the computer lab at school or in the library. And then I would save my paper to a floppy disk and take that floppy disk to the library to download it or whatever and print. So that's how I printed. Oh my gosh. So I, when I started grad school, I could not find most of my papers, like for writing samples and stuff, because it's all on floppy disks. floppy disks. They were on floppy disks. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so I think by the what time you were in college, you were at least using USBs, I think probably, right? Oh yeah. 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 And yeah, you know, like I would just email things to myself and log on on a computer in the library or something like that like there were many ways I could I could do things as I think about this in hindsight maybe I didn't have to save it on a floppy disk I don't know that's just what we did I'll have to ask Candace too because you know we lived in that little townhouse together and we had a computer on our bar and I can't remember if it was like a shared computer or if it was Candace's computer if it was I don't remember whose it was but I have very vivid memories of typing away in the kitchen and then putting it on the floppy disk and heading to the library. <laughs> yeah. So, and then of course, video games were very mm-hmm. different. We grew up with original Nintendo, Duck Hunt. What was the one where you put the pad on the floor and you ran on it? Not Dance Dance never, Revolution, but. Yeah, I don't know. It, with the original I, Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah. It was some type of. Yeah, dad would probably remember, but yeah, I don't know that one. But I remember like Sonic dad did, the Hedgehog. <laughs> no, but, but we did have Segas. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. We took a cross country road trip, not, not real cross country, but we went from Texas to Orlando to go to Disney world or land and world world. And we had Sega game gears. I think they were called, is that right? No, ni- they were called. I don't remember they were, they were so huge. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I only really remember playing with those in the car. I don't really remember sitting on the couch playing with them. Yeah, we just, we were never super into it. And that's interesting. Working in technology now is, I feel like most of my friends and coworkers have these stories of like their first computers and, you know, they're always taking things apart. And I did build a computer with Dan when I was 12, I think, but I never took my technology apart because it was expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't break that. Absolutely. Um, so I never got into that dismantling and studying of, of my hardware. Yeah. But that's kind of the foundation I feel like for, for most techies that I know. Yeah. Is, um, is that they, they got really inquisitive early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I, I think we're coming at this from a very different, cause I mean, it's not people that much younger than us that did have iPhones as their first phones, right? Mm-hmm. And do remember always having their own laptop or iPad or whatever. Yeah, it's that constant connection that's so different, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because even though we did have cell phones pretty early on, because I do think I got my first cell phone when I was in seventh or eighth grade. Oh, wow. Okay. Probably about the same time you were getting one. Actually, no, 
I think it was after you graduated. So it was probably eighth grade, but that way, you know, mom could tell me when she was on the way to pick me up, or I could tell her if a practice was running late or whatever. Right. But those, all those phones did was make phone calls mm-hmm. and they had a couple of games on them. Right. <laughs> then eventually you could text. And then I, I remember even too, when I got my first iPhone, which was in college, I think my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I had my my Motorola razors. Dude, the best. I loved, I loved that phone so much. I did too. I did too. And I still have it somewhere. But, you know, they didn't do all those things. So you couldn't just Google something yeah. at the drop of a hat. You couldn't just tune the world out while you, you know, played a mindless game or mm-hmm. read the news on your phone or any of those things. Right. So, it, yeah, you're right. It's it's really different and it changed so rapidly and is still Uh changing so rapidly. You're right. Um, You know, something we didn't really talk about. I remember, I think all of our home computers were dial up, mm -hmm. you know, like the AOL, put your disc in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I don't know, you probably had aged out of this by the time you went to college, but when I went to college, I still stayed in touch with, friends from high school and previous on um, AOL instant messenger. Like that was sort of our text. You would come home, like I'd come home from school, log on to my AOL, see if anybody was on, you know? And I mean, again, that's something I remember doing probably into 2002, 2003. I can't remember exactly when Candace and I were living in that duplex, but I remember having conversations on chat in that way. Yeah, I don't remember when I really stopped using that because I used it a lot. I remember using it particularly a lot in our, our first ruse house uh-huh. in Sharpstown. Yes. And I could never decide on a screen name. I had so many screen names. I was just about to ask you if you remember yours. Oh no, they were it was so dumb. And I do remember one time I found a nail polish color. It was called Atomic Sapphire. And I was like, oh, that is the coolest name. That's going to be my new screen name. <laughs> I didn't know this. This was when we were not friends. So these are the kinds of things I didn't know about you. Yeah. No, they were all dumb. I am just thankful that my email was not dumb. Yeah. A hundred percent. So my AOL screen name was Mary711. So <laughs> our aunt, not our aunt who suggested this, but our other aunt, we call her Chris, but her name is Mary Christina because her birthday is December 23rd. And I just always thought that was the coolest name. And then seven is my favorite number. And I don't know why 11. I, I guess I liked 7-Eleven. I don't know what, what the deal was. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, that was my that was my screen name. And you stuck with it? Oh, I stuck with it. Absolutely, I did. Wow. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I probably had upwards of 20 different screen names. Wow. If I had to guess. Yeah. But I don't, I, I feel like I didn't really use that once I got into high school. I might be misremembering. It's very possible I'm misremembering yeah. that. But. I mean, I really do think AOL Instant Messenger was replaced by text. Mm-hmm. Once you had the ability to carry around those conversations, that's what we did instead, mm-hmm. of, instead of being attached to our computer. So like you're saying, is like, I think Wi-Fi is a huge part of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because before anything we wanted to do, you had to go into your room or to the shared computer or whatever, the house computer <laughs> and do it. And now that's not the case. It's fascinating to think about and to think that stuff is still evolving and changing to this day. So you are in a really then unique position, right? You are, are having to deal with this your kiddos. I was, I was at the forefront of this a little bit when the pandemic started. Let's talk about how you're handling 
technology and its ubiquity, but also <laughs> sort of your plan, your and okay. or maybe how your plan has changed. Yeah, and that's adapted given say. a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So do you want me to talk about my hopes or my reality? Yeah. So there are recommendations from the American Pediatric Association or whatever. That's I I think they've actually changed it. Initially it was a child should get no screen time until two years old. Mm-hmm. I think they might have now changed it until six. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. I don't know what kind of world they think we're living in. But we did feel really strongly about that, uh, especially when Leith was really young. Mm-hmm. And it's just insane how much they want the phones Yeah, uh, specifically. I don't think he was as interested in the TV at first because I don't, he really never saw it so, yeah. on. So I don't think he really knew what that was about. It really um, wasn't until we started phone... bottle feeding him more, right? And we turned him mm-hmm. and then it was like, oh, you yeah. can't have the TV on while you're trying to give him a bottle because he's mm-hmm. going to get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, obviously they have phones in their faces from day one because you're Mm -hmm. taking pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, They see you using it. It Really, Thea just wants to chew on the phone. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to mess with it. Leith wanted to mess with the phones. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we never let him have any screen time. Then when the pandemic started, I think that lasted a week. Maybe. Maybe Uh, two weeks. We tried. We tried so Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah, there's just only so much you can do yeah. with a one and a quarter mm-hmm. year old. That it was that was the reality, right? It was mm-hmm. we had to keep working, mm-hmm. and we were super lucky that you came mm-hmm. because there were three people in the circuit, right? Mm-hmm. What Russell and I had tried to do was one of us would take mornings, one of us would take uh, afternoons. So we would try. One of us would attempt to not really have meetings mm-hmm. in the morning or afternoon, kind of based on your time. So. In a perfect world, that would have been getting work done time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> in the pandemic mm-hmm. world, it was heard the child. And our school or his daycare was still sending us like lesson plan type of stuff. That's right. But, Do you remember the fantastic chapel I led? Yes, <laughs> you did. You really did a great job. I I could be a reverend. In fact, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are. <laughs> reverend Dr. Horton. I mean, nope. nope. I'm Horton. You're Eckelman. I'm Eckelman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, but if you also remember, that was about the time he was going through a phase two around changing. So changing his diaper. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not an experienced diaper changer. I do my best. I really do. And it was like, we got to do something. We got to get mm-hmm. these diapers changed. We got to get him still. And yeah. remember, I think that's when the Dave and Ava thing started, right? It, yeah, that's exactly it. I've kind of forgotten about what a little hell demon he was. Yeah. I just absolutely hated diaper changes Mm -hmm. because he is also a child who doesn't like to be still for Mm -hmm. more than two seconds unless he's watching TV because he will just watch it. Yeah. So was it you that found Dave and Ava? That's a great question. I don't remember. I think Uh, it was. It might've been. uh, His, I don't, I, think I, I don't know searched. how it happened. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have just searched for nursery rhymes because that was the other thing. Like I was trying to think of things to sing with him, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like I don't remember any song we ever sang as children. And that's so, exactly it. Yeah, that's what you did. Yeah, and so for anyone who doesn't know, Dave and Ava is this like children's show. It's these two tiny children who wear these weird like furry cat suits, and they I never understood why they can't. Yeah, why can't they be normal kids? I don't know. And it's, it's all like animated. It's not children. And, but yeah, they sing a lot of songs. There's a lot of animals. They're on this farm. And so a lot of it's supposed to be their imaginary kind of world. And so it's just really, it is really great. It's very catchy. There is a mm-hmm. one song with the cats. 
Mm-hmm. That's a dance song. I love that song. It's so good. But and I like the, yeah. the fish biting your finger song. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Leith still really likes that one. Yeah. He has been really wanting to hold up his little finger on his yeah. right. But yeah, so it was. Yeah. Andrea found it. And then that was kind of, it started. So and then it, it increased, right? He would get to watch 10 minutes of a movie. Mm-hmm. And we watched Frozen a lot. And then a it lot. was... And he also didn't want to watch it for more than that. Like it it started out like he would watch maybe 10, 15 minutes and then he would move on. So we could Mm -hmm. turn it off. It wouldn't be a thing. Well, by month four-ish or whatever, he could watch a full movie. He could watch an hour of Dave and Ava. The only rule really that we have adhered to is we try to never, ever turn the TV on before 6 p.m. Yeah. Because otherwise there's no good way to to turn it off. Mm-hmm. I've tried setting a timer. I've tried just turning it off and pretending like the TV's broken. He's on to me. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say it's broken. <laughs> broken. No, not really anymore. Now he's just like, where's the Mimote? <laughs> uh, <laughs> give it to me. I'll figure yeah. it. Well, I would say uh, though, so you have that one, but the other one that you've done really good with is no TV in the morning. Yeah. Oh, like and I he think, asks every yeah. day. Yeah. And I think you guys have done a fantastic job of, of sticking to that. And we yeah. really tried I mean, to- I would call the morning before 6 p.m. So. Okay. And I think we stuck to that in the pandemic too, right? That mm-hmm. he's, he and I are not going to watch TV. We're going to go outside and go on a walk or whatever. We did a lot mm-hmm. of that. But yeah. So, so then how is, how is this working with Thea when you've got Leith wanting to watch Tangled or whatever and Thea's yeah. around? It's interesting because I I almost feel like she's slightly desensitized to it okay. because it's there and it's not something that's really exciting because it's okay. a thing that happens pretty frequently. Okay. Because he watch he gets to watch TV most nights. It's a it's an exciting day. Yeah. If he doesn't ask for TV, so she she doesn't seem as interested. She'll maybe look at it for a second, but. It, it doesn't seem to be as intriguing to her. Maybe right. it's just not yet. Yeah. And I will say, luckily, I think when she was much smaller, we, yeah, I would take her to her room to play, which is so nice way to do that now anyways. So she's just not sitting right in front of it. Because I guess that's one of the big reasons you're not really supposed to park him in front of a TV because it, it they're already with pretty newborn, mm-hmm. they're still trying to learn the world. Mm-hmm. So if you introduce this flashing screen, mm-hmm with like shapes and craziness like it, right it, it kind of too much and yeah. whatever I don't know that's an explanation from something I read two years ago I, mean, I think you're right <laughs> it's like if you look at just at how tv itself has changed and mm-hmm. attention spans right so like think about how the news used to look it used to be Walter Cronkite sitting in front of his microphone talking to you. And now it's the banners that, that flash on the bottom. The ticker is running, the, the thing pops up, the box pops up behind the anchor's head, right? There's mm-hmm. constantly all these moving parts. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I, I can see how the, the colors and the, the constant flashing is not great. It's, it's definitely a lot. Now, another rule or thing I am currently taking a hard stance on is he doesn't have his own like he doesn't have an ipad he does have a phone the reason he has a phone though is because when he was a baby he i'm trying to think of a sports term when you uh, he like spiked yeah he spiked russell's phone into the ground and shattered it well actually it didn't shatter it just made the screen weird 
and it wasn't salvageable. Yeah. So and Russell's like, whatever, I want a new phone anyways. So Leith got the janky old <laughs> phone. <laughs> so he does have that, but he only gets that in the car. Yeah. And yeah, I would argue I guess- that's worked wonders mm-hmm. in the car, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know us, which I think is hardly anyone, I was not blessed with angel babies in the car. I, so many of our friends are like, really? Like, by the time we back out of the driveway, our kids are asleep. And I'm like, well, that must be nice. By the time we back out of the driveway, somebody's already crying. It might be me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but someone in that car is crying, <laughs> damn it. It's true. And so, yeah, Leith was really a disaster in the car from yeah. day one. He hated the car, hated to be in the seat. What did make it incrementally better is when he got to be forward facing. Yeah. And he, cause he does to like to look out the window. He likes to be able to kind of see what's going on and I guess kind of interact. And he has slowly become much better in the car. He's because you're engaged. You can engage with him a little better. Like we're like having conversations oh, yeah. and he's playing with things and whatever. Initially it looked like Thea was going to be good. It looked like she might be a car sleeper. And then by about three months, she was like, Nope, I hate it. Don't <laughs> want to be in the car. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, they yeah. just don't like it. So it, it is something that is nice, especially when we're on a car ride over, I would say over two hours. Yeah. By about an hour and a half, Leith is done. Yeah. And so usually you can give him a phone and he'll be happy. So let me ask you this. I know this is a long way away. Well, I say that maybe it won't be uh, social media. Oh, I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I think that's, that's the new frontier, right? Like we know kids shouldn't watch TV before two, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of like the lasting psychological impacts on teenagers with social media, I'm just curious if you, if you guys talked about that and what you think you might do. I'm, I'm truly terrified Mm -hmm. by that. We really haven't talked about it. I think my goal would be to keep them off of it as long as possible, but I think that's only possible until they have their own phones. Right. And I don't know when that would happen. I hope it doesn't happen until they're in high school. Yeah. That feels reasonable to me. I think it's when they start going places with their friends, if you think about it. I mean, because, you know, back in the day when I would get (laughs) dropped off at the movie theater, like I remember that starting probably in eighth grade for me that I got to go by myself, but there were still Mm -hmm. pay phones at the movie theater. So you know, even if there were people who had cell phones, I could use a payphone or, or you know, use a friend's cell phone or whatever. But that that's not an option anymore. So yeah. I think it's whatever age you start to let them do things by themselves that you then need to to call and pick them up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're right too, because it's not even really, I guess, about having the phone specifically. It's if they have access to a computer that I'm not monitoring. Yeah. Like at monitoring what they're doing. Exactly. So I, I guess in theory, they could set themselves up yeah. with an account. Yeah. Um, and I think too, it's challenging. This is something I saw happen with some of my friends that have teenage kids that are maybe now in college or whatever, is the creation of the alternate account. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, mom, yes, you can absolutely follow my Instagram and look how wholesome and perfect and wonderful I am. But then there was the, the alternate account that the, the kids were actually posting on. Mm-hmm. I mean, my hope is just that we're going to always be tech savvy enough to catch that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but you know, that's something that's interesting now too, is 
these things that, that are coming out. I remember when Periscope came out and then yeah. TikTok is the new thing. I have zero interest. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. So I stopped at Snapchat. I, yeah. uh, that's not true. I stopped at Marco Polo. We got Marco Polo after we got Snapchat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that we use once every two months. <laughs> well, I will say I do use it with friends. Oh, okay. I Marco Poloed somebody just the other day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. But yes, you're right. <laughs> and I don't think yeah, that that's so something the kids are using. I have no idea how we'll handle that. And when when I got Facebook was still when you had to have a dot edu yep. uh, email. So yep. that wasn't something uh, I had to really th- ponder. And mm-hmm. I will t- I set my Facebook up the day I got yeah. that email. It was felt like such a rite of passage. But we love that comedian Nate Bergazzi, and mm-hmm. he talks a little bit about this about yeah. how he's lucky to be in this millennial segment where he is familiar with the internet and how it works, yeah. but it can, won't ruin his life. Right. Exactly. And I think that's the conversation you have to have. And I guess you have to have it really early. Yeah. So. Well, I would imagine our listeners at this point are dying to know how I let stone interact with technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been dying to know. He's allowed to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. So we're actually visiting our grandmother right now who loves to watch tennis. And my other dogs loves to watch tennis with her and he does not. And this has disappointed her greatly. Oh no! She is not pleased at his lack of interest in tennis. And so when we were, I was coming upstairs to record and I brought him with me because otherwise he gets all antsy and she's like, you're not going to leave him down here to watch tennis. But no, in all seriousness, I have zero children and zero skin in that game other than protecting my niece and nephew. But I've been teaching now for eight years. I started in the classroom in the fall of 2013. And I have seen some changes in the classroom and then also just like the general conversations that are being had on college campuses, particularly around social media and its impact. But it's, it's really interesting. My PhD program was all about learning about political science. It wasn't about learning how to teach political science. So a lot of what I do is my instinct. It mm-hmm. is what I think I would need to learn well. And so from the get-go, when I started teaching, I had a technology ban in my classroom. You must oh. take handwritten notes. You, I'll have slides. I'll post my slides, but you cannot have your phone out. You cannot use your computer unless you have a reason. You know, there are ADA reasons why people would need computers. And I stuck with that for a while, but then you get into this whole other thing, right? Of like, I don't disagree with technology. I like it. (laughs) I do personally like to take handwritten notes if I'm attending a lecture or something like that. And research shows you retain the information better that way, right? And I always try to explain that to students. This is not just because I mean, and I'm some kind of technophobe, (laughs) it's because there's actual research that says you will do better. So so I have really stuck with that for the most part, but... (sighs) I don't know, but I struggle with it. And in, and I don't know the right thing to do. I don't know that there is a right thing to do. But one of the things that irks me to this day, and, and I think if you were to ask some of my students, they would say the maddest that they have seen me in the classroom is when, particularly now at Montevallo, my classrooms are very small. I can literally see everybody. And mm-hmm. they just forget that sometimes. And I'll look up and it'll be a class of 20 people and I'll see 12 on their phones and I will go postal. (laughs) I am shocked by that. 
you know what it is, Casey? They, it's, it's habit. Think about, I mean, our listeners don't know this, but both you and I have picked our phones up since we've been sitting here talking to mm-hmm. each other. And we like talking to each other, you know? <laughs> I think it is just instinct. And then they get on there and then they just can't stop. And so what I have started doing, if I see one or two people, I'll say, Hey, everybody remember, I can see you because I have eyes and none of them are blind. So kindly put your phone away. If I see a bunch of people, I'll go on a tangent about how (laughs) I am working my ass off to make this interesting and palatable and fun. And they're repaying me by being on their phones. So yeah, so I, I I just don't know it's, but I will say that, that that's, I, that has changed a lot. And I think some of that is with the ubiquity of social media now, right? I think in 2013, I do believe Instagram was a thing, but it's like, really, those are your choices, right? Facebook and Instagram. And -hmm. now there's so much more for them to get on. And so I do think that there's a responsibility for people like me, for college faculty to make your content interesting, make students want to be there, understanding that that's not going to be, you know, not everything is going to be the most interesting thing in the world to them. Mm-hmm. But I really do try to do that. I never just stand up there and lecture at them because that's when I think you're going to most likely see them reaching for their phones. And yeah, and then in terms of taking notes on their computers, I still mostly don't allow that because it's, I, I can't monitor that, mm-hmm. you know, like what they're doing. So, but now that the COVID has changed stuff. So I don't know when I get back in the classroom in the fall, I'm not sure if I'm going to have that rule or not. Yeah. But, you know, that's an interesting point that you just made that you feel like there's this onus on you to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's an interesting line to walk, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's learning. Yeah. Hopefully you find it interesting because that's the fun part about college is you start to take classes that are of interest to you, right. That stimulate your mind that make you think outside the box. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like that's a, that's not a one-way street, right? Yeah. Like it's not, it shouldn't just be the professor being like, look, I'm doing things that are fun. Yes. It no, should be right. the student being you're like, right. I'm engaged. I'm here. I'm actively engaged. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, maybe I should start talking about that a little bit on the first day. And, and I do always tell them I am going to do my best to come up with discussion activities and kind of think out of the box for ways for, you know, for you to learn this and, and, you know, make this information more palatable or whatever, but you're right. There's only so much I can do, but it does feel that way. I'll tell you, I have a colleague. We have this conversation almost every semester that it takes about two weeks to get your teaching stamina back. Because you're up there and you're trying to be excited so that they're excited. And you know, mm-hmm. and you know me, I'm animated anyways. So I'm like using my hands and I'm getting, getting all excited about stuff. And like I'll, <laughs> I'll come out of class and I'll just like slump down in my office chair. I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> you know? So I do think that there is, there is something to that. But you're right. They've got to meet you a little bit. So I will say this is a conversation we have a lot uh, across campus around what is the best practice? Should you allow cell phones? And a lot of professors will incorporate cell phones into the lecture. There's a lot of apps now that let you do on the spot oh, like polling. polling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'll do that to incorporate their phones or they'll have them bring their computers and research something and do a discussion, you know, things like that. So I have been trying to think of ways to do that a little bit more. So that it's like, you know, don't worry, I'm not afraid of technology. I'm totally approve of you, you know, using it. It's just when you're in the classroom, I want to, I want to do everything in my power to help you stay focused. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember in grad school, 
I was really passionate about that. But if I had my laptop and was taking notes, it would be very easy for me to jump over to email or whatever. I think it is just human nature or, or whatever. It's the way we've sort of evolved, right? To get yeah. to that point. And, and I will say the other cool thing, we're getting a lot of technological upgrades to our classrooms so that we can do more things and show videos and things like that in a more interactive way. So perhaps as we're doing, as we are able to do that, that will help. I also have a colleague who does technology breaks. When she teaches an hour and 15 minute class at 30 minutes, she says, all right, everybody stand up, pick up your phones, look at them, see what's going on, meet you back here in two minutes or whatever. So I've thought about doing that. The problem is I just get too caught up in what I'm talking about. And I, next thing I know, class is over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And you know, I guess when you're still that age, there isn't that feeling of, oh good, I don't have to look at my phone for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I feel like that was actually, it was pretty hilarious when I got my screen time report yeah. for this past week, it was my screen time was up 58% from the week prior because when we were in Zion, You're right. I didn't use my phone like yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, I actually was a little surprised cause I did use it to take pictures and, right. but I used it so infrequently that it, I think it really skewed my use data. And, but in those kind of weeks are, they feel so reinvigorating. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because we did get to grow up a little bit without it all the time. And maybe if you have it all the time, that feels extreme. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of the things I like about being here at the lake. You know, you go out on the boat, like, and I have been taking my phone, but you don't have to, you can leave it behind and you can go a good little while without looking at it, depending on what you're doing. I think there's just so much out there. I honestly don't, I don't even keep up with all of it anymore because my general sense is it's all terrible and horrible and the drones are taking yeah. over. So I don't <laughs> the know what I can birds. do. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's our thoughts on technology and its impact on children's teeth. Yep. Hope you got learnt up. <laughs> so. And super exciting. Our next episode will be episode six. So that will be another three on the threes. We'll have another special guest star. So stay tuned for for that. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Well, I love following you on Instagram. And I love Marco Poloing you. And I love Zooming with you. (laughs) Yeah. I love doing all these technology things. As long as you don't TikTok me. I will never TikTok you. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.